You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And hello, everybody, and welcome into Sacks in the Basement. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you are listening to a simulated White Sox season brought to you by Sacks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Also brought to you by our fine sponsors over at Cork and Carry at the Park. Go to Grubhub right now and order some Cork and Carry and sit down and listen to a simulated White Sox game. Today's matchup is opening day in Boston. As the White Sox begin a weekend series, they will play three over the next four days with tomorrow evening off. And it will be Dallas Keuchel already 1-0 on the season going up against Nathan Eovaldi. The 4-2 White Sox taking on the 4-3 Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park. And today and all weekend long, we have a special guest. Former White Sox pitcher Don Paul will be joining me in the booth all three games. Plus, remember, recaps of every game are available along with analysis at SoxOn35th.com. We want to thank them for following our simulated season and covering it each and every day. This game, like every other game, should take 90 minutes or less unless we go into extras as the White Sox sit in a tie with the Cleveland Indians after taking two out of three in Cleveland one half game back from the Minnesota Twins going into today. The Sox at 4-2, and two, the Twins at 5-2. and two. Currently, White Sox hitters are being led by Tim Anderson with a 440 average and a 1.081 OPS. Jose Abreu's hitting 364 with an 895 OPS, while Aloy Jimenez has an 1160 OPS, but has only four hits, all of them being home runs. We head out to Fenway Park and game number seven on the season for the Chicago White Sox. And it's next, right here on Sacks in the Basement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fenway Park, where there is an electric atmosphere. White Sox simulated baseball, simulated on MLB The Show 20, and brought to you by Sacks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SacksInTheBasement.com, along with Cork and Carry at the Park, a Southside tradition. Support them and get some great food while you listen to this game at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com or use your Grubhub app. The Boston Red Sox come in on their opening day, their home opener, seventh in the American League in ERA, and Nathan Eovaldi stands up there, and he will pitch in this game for the Red Sox with an 0-0 record, but a 1.50 earned run average after his first start of the season. As they are finishing up the introductions here in Fenway, Dallas Keuchel taking the mound for the Chicago White Sox. A lot of pomp and circumstance out here, but the Sox already had their home opener a week ago and just want to get down to business. Now, even though there's an off day tomorrow, Ricky Renteria has had to sit down a few players after they had a very busy last week, including an extra inning, 10 inning game, followed by a game in a monsoon 
and then a quick restart the very next afternoon. And some of these guys are worn out from that three-game set against the Indians and the travel to Boston today for a day game opener. Tim Anderson, though, is still out there, leading off at short with a 4-4-0 average. And Eovaldi brings the first pitch inside low at his knees for ball one. The Red Sox are 4-3 and three on the season in their regular home whites, the traditional whites. The White Sox playing in their traditional road unis. They had to go with alternates yesterday because their uniforms were soaked after the monsoon a few days ago that they played in in Cleveland as the second offering is skied out into left field and they'll be one away as Anderson heads back to the bench. Tim Anderson currently holding a six-game hitting streak. He has hit safely in all six contests of this season. Leary Garcia comes up and takes the first pitch fouled off fastball down the third base line 0-1 the count. Leary instead of playing second today has moved out to left and he takes the next pitch off his shoulder. Eovaldi sits him down and he is hit by that pitch and will go to first base. Let me check the replay see what that got of Garcia. It looks like it hit him in the armpit as he stood in there on the left side of the plate and got hit on the right armpit area and he will go 90 feet down hit by a pitch so with one out Garcia the left fielder today, instead of second base where he's been playing. And Jose Abreu comes up. He's in the order, but instead of at first today, he is DHing with Encarnacion out at first. The first pitch is a pitch out, but I don't know what they're expecting. Garcia got hit. He's still down there rubbing his armpit, his shoulder. He's not looking to steal right now. But I think for opening day for the other team, when you've already had your home opener, it's more exciting to them. They're more jacked up. And to you, it's the beginning of a road series. This one is taken high, 2-0, and and that can work for your advantage because there might be some tension, some nerves. And meanwhile, you're the road team. You're coming off a road series win in Cleveland. You've been on the road with each other now for a few days, and this is just another game for you. And if you can get this out of your mind, you can take it to the Red Sox today. Is that it swung on and missed, 2-1 the count with one out in the top of the first, and Garcia taking a lead over at first base for the White Sox. The pitch for Miavaldi is low for ball three, three and one the count. Yoan Mancada in the four spot today at third base is on deck. Several White Sox players needing a day off. Renteria deciding he's not wearing out his guys. They're off to a good start this year, and he feels good about the matchups that he has out there. This one is fouled on the third base line, and we'll have a full count. Iavaldi to Abreu here in the first inning with one out and one on. The pitch. And that one is in between short and third. Rolls out there for a base hit. First and second White Sox with one out. Iavaldi made short work of Tim Anderson. Hits Garcia and gives up a single to Abreu. And Mancata steps in in the four spot. Hitting 227 after he got out of a 0 for 15 start. In the last two games he's been tearing it up. This one's inside and high for ball one to Mancata. Iavaldi checks the sign on a sunny day here in Boston. A little chilly. But that did not keep the fans away as it is their opening day. Inside fastball swung on and missed. One and one the count. Juan Mancada was expected to be a Red Sox one day. But came over in the Chris Sale trade. And now hits a line drive over third base into the corner. It'll roll around. The throw comes in. Garcia scores. Abreu's on third. Mancada's on second. An RBI double for Juan Mancada here in the first inning. And it's second and third as Edwin Encarnacion comes up to the plate with two on and one out. And the White Sox looking to do early damage against Iavaldi. The pitch, high, strike one. Just hit the zone according to the umpire. 
right across the letters. Eovaldi trying to stop the damage here. Quick out, a hit by pitch, easy single, dribbled through the infield as this one's in the dirt and blocked, almost got away. Abreu thought about advancing then realized it was just caught underneath his shoe. One and one the count to Encarnacion and then Mancata comes up and rips one over third base down into the corner in left field. And to be honest with you, they're lucky it's so short out there and left because of the monster. In any other ballpark, Abreu might have scored because that rattled around for a while. Two and one the count, the pitch. Swung on inside pitch for strike two. Four-seam fastball, 97 miles an hour from Nathan Eovaldi. Second and third, one out. Encarnacion to the plate here in the top of the first, the pitch. Outside ball three, very patient at the plate with James McCann, the catcher, for today on deck. The pitch on the way. Swung on, and it's scooped up at third and over to first, and the runners have to hold. It was not a contact play, so that's going to go down 5-3 in your scorebooks. The runners will hold. Second and third with two outs as James McCann comes to the plate. one nothing White Sox here as the first pitch is dribbled down the third baseline foul. Everybody was going, of course, on contact with two outs. 0-1 the count. Yavaldi trying to escape with minimal damage. The White Sox hoping to put up a crooked number. The pitch on the way. Swung on and dribbled over to second base. Easy play. McCann will be put out, and that's the end of the inning, but not before Yohan Mankata drives in a run. He's been red hot the last few days after coming out of that funk, and the White Sox lead halfway through the first inning, one to nothing with the Red Sox on the way up. Dallas Keiko comes to the mound. He's got one start this year. He pitched six innings, three hits, two walks, a 0.83 whip, seven strikeouts in that game, and he got the win. That's when the White Sox improved the 2-0 at home over the Royals. They are currently 4-2. They won that series, and they won the series against the Cleveland Indians as Jose Peraza steps in to lead it off for the Boston Red Sox, already trailing 1-0 here in the bottom of the first. First pitch from Keuchel. Keuchel delivers ball one on his first pitch, and it's 1-0 the count. Peraza hitting 235 so far this season. Sets for the second pitch. It is high on a four-seam fastball. Keuchel is 2-0. Took him 10 pitches against his first batter in his last appearance, and then Keuchel settled down. The third offering is grounded to Mancata. Moves to his left. One step, picks it up, and tosses to Encarnacion over at first for out number one. Alex Verdugo acquired this offseason by the Red Sox, batting second. Only hitting 182 so far in the season through seven games. As Keiko gets ready to go after him. Already with the lead. This one is lifted out to the right center field gap. Moving over is Mazzara. He will call off Engel in center field and catch that one for the second out. In the outfield, from left to right, it's Garcia, Engel, and Mazzara. And then Encarnacion is at first with Mendick at second. Anderson at short and Mancata at third base with McCann behind the plate and Keuchel 1-0 to J.D. Martinez and that's fouled off 1-1 the count. Two outs here in the bottom of the first. The White Sox already have a 1-0 lead. Martinez slow to start this season hitting 214 in the three spot for the Boston Red Sox. As he checks this changeup up low ball 2, 2-1 two the count with two outs in the bottom of the first. The pitch from Keuchel and that is fouled down the first base line curving foul about 20 feet before the foul pole. That is a short foul pole down there 
in right field. If you can wrap it around there, you get an easy home run. The dimensions in Fenway are extraordinary. And the weirdest things happen here. 2-2 pitch is chopped back to the backstop, and they'll reset. Keuchel with the delivery and the pitch. Fouled off down the first base line. 2-2 two two, still to count. Keuchel getting ready with his 12th pitch with two outs here in the bottom of the first. Swung on and missed on an outside fastball in the zone. And Martinez grabs some bench. So after one, the Sox lead. one nothing. Mazzara leads us off in the top of the second. Coming up here midway through the game, I would say about the fourth inning, Don Paul, former White Sox pitcher, will be joining us to talk about his experiences in Fenway Park and what it's like to be on the road. We're going to ask him a few questions. He'll be with us all weekend long here for our simulated Sox broadcast on Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. And it's brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park as this is a first pitch strike to Mazzara, second one on the way, and he breaks his bat, Iovaldi, over to first on the 1-3 putout. And he'll pick up that splintered bat that he had to trip over, basically, to get the ball. Toss that towards the White Sox dugout. So one down already here in the top of the second, and Danny Mendick comes up. This is his second game starting. He started game three of the season against the Kansas City Royals and was an offer. So he stands up there with triple zeros as his average on the season. First pitch, 98-mile-an-hour fastball on the outside corner for strike one. Owen won the count. Next pitch, inside curveball taken, strike two. So two taken pitches for two strikes, and quickly Mendick is 0-2 with one out here on the top of the second. As I said, Don Paul will join us later on about the fourth inning here in the booth. And Mendick took all three pitches, and all three of them were strikes, and Eovaldi has his first strikeout. You know, you sit on the bench for three, four days waiting for that opportunity. You want to take the bat off your shoulders as Adam Engel comes in. He's appeared in several games, but this is his first start and his first plate appearance of the season as he fouls this one off. 0-1 the count. Engel patrolling center field as Luis Robert got the day off. A lot of guys sitting on the bench taking a break today. The rookie Robert, Aloy Jimenez, who has been struggling over the last couple days, also sitting down. Yasmani Grandal on the bench. As this one is grounded to short, flipped over to first. He's out by a few steps. Sacks go down one, two, three here in the second inning. We go to the bottom of the second with Bogarts leading it off for the trailing Red Sox. As Xander Bogart steps in, let me remind you, Cork and Carry at the Park is the proud sponsor of Socks in the Basement. And right now, you can go on the Grubhub app or go to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com and order yourself some tasty delights. If you're looking for ballpark food while you're listening to these games, as the shift is on right now for Bogarts on a low strike one call taken. The shift is towards the third base side. Three on the third base side, one on the first base side. Abreu basically playing second right now. This is outside, one and one the count from Keuchel. You go on Grubhub, some of the things they talk about is the best menu items that people love to order from Cork and Carry at the Park is that is ball two, two and one the count. The cheese curds. That one's chopped foul, two and two. There's also something called the Latino Burger. Let me tell you what this is. It's got queso, chorizo, avocado, and chipotle mayo on it. That's a burger. Plus, you get your choice aside. I've tried it there before. It is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. And also, at the time that I tried it, I was doing the keto diet. Two and two the count after a few fouls. And this one now is sent over to short, handled by Anderson. 
And he throws it over to Encarnacion for out number one. One out here is Keuchel. Has had four face him and sent all four of them back to the bench. As Rafael Devers comes in, or Devers, I believe. I always screw up his name, so if I if I butcher him in this broadcast, I apologize. Is outside for strike one on the corner. Keiko with the pitch to the Red Sox third baseman. Outside corner, strike two, quickly 0-2. And I've been corrected here in the booth, it's Devers. As Devers puts this one out towards center field, back towards the track is Angle, he camps underneath it. And that is out number two. Five up, five down so far for Keuchel as Kevin Pillar steps in, hitting 111 early on here in the season with two outs in the bottom of the second, one nothing White Sox. As I was saying, I was on keto when I stopped by Cork and Carey at the park and tried that burger. And with no bun, it was a party in my mouth. Two quick pitches, two quick strikes, 0-2 the count. So the Latino burger should be on your list of things to try from Cork and Carey at the park either at corkandcarryatthepark.com or through your Grubhub app. One and two the count. Two outs, bottom of the second. Keiko working quickly in this game and has a lead, one nothing, over the Red Sox on their home opener. As this pitch is taken out to center field, Engel on his horse to the wall. It is off the monster. He plays the Kareem. You can cancel the postgame show as this is sent into Anderson for a double. Pilar reaches base with a double, his first of the season. Came off the monster closest to that line you see in center field at Fenway that signifies where the monster ends. And it becomes a home run if it's to the other side of the yellow line because it's actually in center field. So about, I would say, six, seven feet to the right. That would have been called a home run. But instead it's off the wall and the first pitch to Vasquez is an outside called ball to Christian Vasquez. 1-0 the count with a runner on second with two outs in the bottom of the second. He fouls this one off, and we're 1-1. One one. Dallas Keiko with the pitch. This is flared out in the right field. It'll get down. Mazzara getting it in quickly. Runner comes around. Throw is cut off. That'll be an RBI single, and this game is all tied up at 1. Nice, solid hit out in the right field. Mazzara played it as quick as he could. But Pilar was moving. And there was nothing you can do on that. As this one is chopped back quickly to the pitcher, Keiko, he will toss that over to Encarnacion. But after two innings, both teams have one run on two hits. We come up to the top of the third with Tim Anderson leading off. Fenway Park home opener. The four and three Red Sox hosting the four and two White Sox here. On April 2nd, it is sunny, little chill, and Tim Anderson takes an inside pitch for a ball from Nathan Eovaldi to kick off the third inning. He's 0 for 1 right now, carrying a six-game hitting streak in. And that's an inside low pitch for a strike, 1-1 one one the count. Eovaldi entered the third inning with 29 pitches thrown. So he's on a good pace, as is Keuchel. Both pitchers are doing some major league pitching. This inside pitch is put out into short right field. Easy play. One away. This is my first time broadcasting a game here in Fenway, and I'll tell you, it's very interesting to try to figure out what's going to fall in and what isn't because of the, the short left field area because of the monster and the strange dimensions out right. 
Plus, remember, down the line, the fans are right on top of the foul line as this one is fouled off down the third baseline. And then the next pitch from Leary Garcia chopped the first. That'll be an easy put out, unassisted at first base and quickly two outs as Jose Abreu, the DH for today's game, steps up one for one and takes the pitch. And that's taken high, 99-mile-per-hour four-seam fastball, ball one. Ivaldi can bring it. The next pitch on the way. Low splitter, swung on and missed, one and one the count. Ivaldi gets that one fouled off by Abreu. One and two the count. And this one is off the glove at third base. Devers knocked it into foul territory as he tried to make a diving play on a squibber near third base going down the line. He stops it from going into the outfield, so Abreu will hold at first. Official score is going to call that a hit, and it really should be a hit. He basically saved a double by knocking that into foul territory with his glove and knocking it down. So Abreu reaches on his second hit of the game with two outs here in the top of the third. Owen won the count quickly to Mancada, who's one for one with a double and an RBI, scoring the only White Sox run of this game. The pitch on the way fouled off down the first base line, 0-2 quickly, with two outs here in the top of the third to Yoan Mancada, who, as we said earlier, has been on a tear the last few games. The pitch. That one is flared out in the right field. It might get over the right fielder's head. It's heading towards the wall. It is a ground rule double. Got into that very deep area, and they're lucky it went over the wall, or Abreu scores on that play. Mancada lifts that one. It hits the track and goes over with that very low padded area in the right field corner of Fenway, and that's the only reason why he has a double without another RBI instead of second and third with the score tied at one. And the first pitch to Edwin Encarnacion is taken high and inside for ball one. Tie game, 1-1. The Red Sox catch a break with the ground rule double. Again, the dimensions here in Fenway change the way the game is played entirely. As this one is fouled off, one and one the count. Two out, two on, top of the third. Tie game. This one's put into the right center field gap, and it's going to be deep. If it gets up, it's gone. That is... Gone! Edwin Encarnacion hits a three-run blast, 423 feet, and that got out of here at 104 miles per hour. And the White Sox lead it 4-1, to one, almost to dead center field, in the area where the wall is still high, to the right of the monster. And Encarnacion got a hold of that one and makes up for the lucky break that the Red Sox got with Moncada as Abreu, Mancada, and Encarnacion come around the score. And the Sox lead this one 4-1 to one here in the top of the third with two outs. Everything happened with two outs here in this inning. There were two outs when Abreu came up, and the next three guys hit, hit, home run, and the Sox lead 4-1 to one as James McCann steps in 0-1 in this game, and a shadow creeps across home plate with the odd opening day starting time that now has the shadow right at the top of the batter's box in front of McCann, which makes the hit by Encarnacion even more incredible because now the ball is going to start changing colors as it comes in, as it comes from direct sunlight into shade right before it gets to the batter. And yet he was still able to make that solid contact and get that ball out of here. This one is low swung on, 2-2 two and two already for James McCann. Iavaldi getting ready to pitch his 49th pitch of the game 
which would give him 20 pitches this inning as this one is over the head of the shortstop into the gap in left center field. It's cut off the throw into second base. McCann on his horse, and he's out. Ill-advised send. McCann thought he could get there, but again, with these dimensions, you can get screwed up trying to judge where that ball is going to bounce and if you can make it to second base. The Sox get three, though, on the Edwin Encarnacion three-run bomb. And it's 4-1 White Sox going to the bottom of the third. Keuchel stands in against the number nine hitter, Mitch Moreland. The pitch on the way. Low swung on strike one. Folks, I want to tell you about family waterproofing solutions. Proud advertisers here with Sox in the basement. They're located out of Evergreen Park, Illinois, and they have a veteran and a female owning it. Husband and wife team, Ken and Maria. Ken served with the Marines as this one is grounded to Keuchel. And tossed over to Edwin Encarnacion for out number one on the 1-3 putout. And the order will flip back up to the top for the Red Sox as Jose Peraza stands in 0-for-1 with a ground out in the first inning in this game. Ken and Maria doing the right thing right now during this time. They're just paying their employees to sit at home and giving them their health care. But they're doing estimates online, and they'll video estimate with you. They'll take a look at everything going on in your basement. They got deals for Sox in the basement listeners, so make sure you mention that to them. As Peraza's quickly 0-2 to Keuchel, the shadow continuing to creep out in front of the batters. As this one is flared down the right field line, and it will be fair, and it will rattle around the corner. Mazzara gets it in quickly. The runner holds it first. And the Red Sox have something going with a runner on base here with one out. Some details coming up here in a second on how you can contact Ken and Maria and Family Waterproofing Solutions. Do so. You've got time now. When the world goes back to normal, you might not have as much time on your hands. This one is grounded out in between Tim Anderson and the second base. Fielded by Engel and tossed back in. So that's a base hit. There's two on with one out here. And J.D. Martinez comes to the plate. Keuchel has a 4-1 lead and doesn't want to give it back. That's for sure. As pitch number 37 comes in on a low changeup. Taken. 1-0 the count. But you got time on your hands right now. You might as well get the estimate, figure out what they can do for you. They do a lot of things. They seal up problems in your foundation. They do major repairs. They take care of your sump pump problems. Definitely check them out. Like I said, details coming up at their website as that is swung on for strike two, one and two the count. Definitely check them out and get yourself ready for when, as Ken says it, Boots will later be on the ground. And when Boots are on the ground... He's going to get over to your house and get things fixed up for you at a good price. And remember, as that one's inside taken for ball two, two and two the count. And we'll wait for Keuchel's pitch, and I'll tell you something else very important. Inside ball three, three and two. A portion of all their proceeds go to first responders and veterans. They make sure the money gets to those that deserve it. So you're helping out by going with Family Waterproofing Solutions right now. Three and two the count. Keuchel checks the runners and throws. Ground ball to Mancati. He bobbles it. He cannot touch third. He does throw over to second and barely get the runner there. If not for the bobble, he could have touched third and gone the first for a double play or gone around the horn. Instead, he gets the force at second base. Martinez reaches first on the fielder's choice. It's first and third. As Xander Bogarts steps in. Bogarts from Aruba. And with two outs in the bottom of the third, he is first and third in a 1-0 count. This one is chopped up the middle for a base hit. One run will score. Angle overruns the ball now. 
He overruns the ball and is fortunate that J.D. Martinez had already slid into second base. That is two misplays by the White Sox defense. The angle misplay doesn't really change what happens there. It's 4-2 to two either way. But the Mancata bobble at third took away any possibility of a double play and getting out of the inning. There's still two outs here in the bottom of the third. There's two on with a 4-2 lead for the White Sox as Rafael Devers steps in 0-1 with a deep fly out in the second inning. He's got a runner on first with Martinez on second. And the shadow continues to creep out now. It's hit the grass in front of the plate. This one is out to right. Garcia's going to get it in on the base hit. The runners will hold because he gets it in there quickly. But that's a base hit, and the bases are loaded for Dallas Keuchel, his pitching coach, Don Cooper, talking things over with him. And the Sox now will try to get out of this inning with two outs. The Red Sox trying to do some damage in this home opener crowd on its feet. Rooting for Kevin Pillar is already one for one with a double and a run scored to do more damage and tie up or even take the lead for the Red Sox as they trail by two here in the bottom of the third. First pitch is a strike, second one inside taken. One and one the count. And Keiko needs to steady himself as he throws this one outside changeup, swung on and missed, one and two. Bottom of the third, 4-2 White Sox. Bases loaded with bad guys. One and two the count as Dallas Keuchel and his magnificent beard stand out on the mound. And try to get out of this inning to the number six hitter, Pilar. Pitch number 50 on the way from Keuchel here in the third. Outside taken for a ball, two and two the count. The crowd erupts as they are anticipating something big. Let's shut them up, Dallas, and get out of this inning. The pitch chopped to second. Mendick with a tough play over to first. He gets him. As that ball almost died in the infield and Mendick had to get on his horse and scoop it up with one hand and get it to first base. The Sox are out of the inning. End of three, 4-2 White Sox. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. During the current health crisis, Ken and Maria decided to pay each and every one of their workers, secure their jobs, and continue to give them health care from home. And while they're not currently going out and doing jobs, they will still give you an estimate and jump on into a video consultation right now. Plus, part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at FamilyBasementWaterproofing.com. Top of the fourth inning here in Fenway. And joining me right now is Don Paul, former White Sox pitcher from Evergreen Park, Illinois, on the south side of Chicago. Don got to go play for his hometown team, and he'll be joining me all weekend long as Adam Engel is on deck, warming up. Don, you've been to Fenway before. It's the home opener here. I'm sure you've had good and bad memories. What, what do you think of Fenway Park, just off the top of your head, as Nomar Mazara steps up to the plate against Nathan Eovaldi? I've had you know, some of my best things at Fenway. I got my, my, my first win, I think, was in Fenway, first major league win, and then I remember giving up a grand slam to Jack Clark in Fenway. You know, so there's certainly good and bad going on over there. As Eovaldi... It's his second strikeout against Mazzara on a high outside pitch that he chases. Three pitches, three strikes. Mazzara tips his cap and heads to the dugout. 
Don Paul joining me up here as Danny Mendick steps in, 0 for 1. Bat never left his shoulders in his first at-bat of the game. This time it does as he fouls one off down the third base line. We'll get to Don in just one moment here because I have an interesting question about road games and being on the road with your teammates that I want to ask him. This one is high and flared out into right field. That's an easy put out by the right fielder. Two outs in the game. Before this inning ends here, Don, let me ask you. A lot of people say, and you see it in movies all the time, when the team's doing bad and they all go on the road and they bond together. Is that true? Do guys bond together as Adam Engel steps in and takes the first pitch outside for a strike? Do they bond together on the road or not? I think that's true. There's definitely some truth to that. Because when you're home, everybody's spread out. you got your family going on. You're, you, know, you don't see each other as much at all. I mean, you're at the ballpark, of course, with everybody. But... You know, when you're on the road, you know, a couple things happen. One, you're, you're with these guys you know, almost day and night, it seems like. Uh, you're going out with them at night. You're having lunch and stuff with them during the day. You're, 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 just, you're, you're with them all the time. And, then, and also there's the factor of a lot of times guys try to uh, take advantage of, of calling themselves the road warriors. You know, people who, you know, guys who go on the road and just band together, kind of being the underdogs because the road teams are more usually the underdogs, so banding together against the, the opposing team, the opposing fans and stuff, and just, just looking at it as a challenge and taking it all on and saying, hey, we're going to take it to you right here. So I think there's a number of factors going on the road that can help out players, too, as a team. As Angle strikes out swinging to end the fourth, the Sox go one, two, three here in the top of the fourth. Don, we're going to check in with you again here before the game is over. Midway through the fourth, White Sox lead 4-2. to two. Bottom of the fourth inning, it's the home opener here at Fenway Park. Don Paul joined us in the last half inning, and we're going to get to him before the game is over and talk to him a little bit more. He'll be joining us all weekend here during this simulated White Sox season. So all weekend in Boston, Don Paul joining us throughout the broadcast, which I really appreciate him doing. And this is all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park. And Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Christian Velasquez steps up. He has an RBI single. He got Boston their first run of the game. They have two currently, but the White Sox have four here in the top of the fourth as Keuchel delivers inside ball one. Velasquez hits 500 against Dallas Keuchel after that at bat earlier on in the game with the one RBI. Next pitch inside ball two. Both of them were close but no cigar, 2-0 the count. Remember, you can get updates and game analysis and the wrap-up of each one of these simulated White Sox games with SoxOn35th.com, who are nice enough to be covering our broadcast. Inside pitch call for a strike. The next one, two inside. So it's 3-1 and one right now with Michael Chavis on deck. 3-1 and one the count. Keuchel delivers. Outside chop fouled on the first base line, three and two, full. Keuchel had the work last inning. He'd like to go a little quicker here in the fourth, like his counterpart, Eovaldi, as this is fouled off down the third base line. White Sox have a 4-2 lead with several of their big starters on the bench. Worn out after that Cleveland series. High fastball swung on and missed. Keuchel gets his second strike out of the game, and there's one out here in the bottom of the fourth. Michael Chavis... Steps in 0 for 1 as Keuchel delivers to him. Inside fastball called a strike. 0 and 1 the count. He's 5 for 18 on the season, hitting 278. He grounded out in the second inning. Helped the White Sox get out of a threat. It was good news for us, bad news for Michael. Low inside slider 
Missed by McCann behind the plate. It goes off his shin. He recovers one and one the count with one out here on the bottom of the fourth. Keuchel into the wind in the pitch. That one is into right field as we had no second baseman due to a shift. Danny Mendick was directly behind second. If he was playing his normal position without a shift for Michael Chavis, he easily makes that play and we have two outs. Instead, there's a runner on first with one out. The shift has been killing the White Sox in certain instances this year, but helping them in others. I'd say 50-50 to this point. This one's lifted out in the left field. It'll go off the monster. Bounces around. The ball is in. Garcia gets it in quickly and almost gets the lead runner. Chavis at third, but he's in safely. So a quick pitch produces a quick double for the Red Sox and a close play at third base. Garcia played that very well off the monster and got a quick throw in but was unable to get the runner. So Peraza comes up at the top of the order with second and third and one out in the bottom of the fourth with his team trailing by two. Keuchel has had men on base in scoring situations three of the four innings he has pitched today. He has minimized the damage, giving up one run in both the second and the third inning. As this is fouled off 0-2 the count to Peraza. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed. Three pitches, three strikes. Keuchel sits him down for his third strikeout. And Dallas seems determined to get through this inning. I'm sure he's annoyed about the shift. He induces so many ground balls that he induced a soft grounder, but the shift killed him. But that double, that was all him as Alex Verdugo steps in, one for two today, with second and third. And this one's down the first baseline, foul. Just barely foul, although Encarnacion did catch it behind the bag. And it would have been a three unassisted put out. Instead, it's 0-1 with two outs in the bottom of the fourth with two on for Alex Verdugo and the Red Sox faithful on their feet. This is taken outside, two-seam fastball, 86 miles an hour for strike two. 0-2 the count. Verdugo has not hit well this season, but when he does hit, he has hit well with men in scoring position like he has right now. The pitch, outside taken, ball one, one and two the count as the crowd gets louder, as if that would make the Red Sox batters hit better. The shadow's directly between the mound and the plate as Verdugo hits a ground shot. Encarnacion backhands it, runs over to first base to tag it before Verdugo can get there. And the Sox are out of the inning. So the Red Sox threaten yet again. And Keuchel escapes like Houdini. 4-2 after 4 with Anderson coming up. Tim Anderson came into this game with a 6-game hitting streak through the first 6 games of the season. He's 0-2 right now as Eovaldi throws the first pitch inside for a ball his 60th pitch of the game, and that's why the Red Sox bullpen has two arms up right now. 1-0 the count here in the top of the fifth. Anderson swings on an inside pitch, misses badly, 1-1 the count. The shadow, as I mentioned, towards the end of last inning, sitting directly in between the mound and the plate, as that one's taken for strike two, 1-2 the count, here in the top of the fifth. Anderson chops the next one to short. Easy play, thrown over to first. One gone. Detroit leading Cleveland right now, one to nothing early in that game. Meanwhile, Kansas City starts later on this afternoon against the Seattle Mariners. First pitch to Leary Garcia playing left field today is swung on and missed for strike one. Next pitch from Eovaldi is lifted in the right field. Right fielder running back towards the wall. 
Now he spins around and catches it with the ball in front of him for out number two near the track as the DH Jose Abreu comes up with two outs here in the top of the fifth and no one on and a 4-2 lead. And he's two for two today and has done some damage. As Encarnacion takes over his fielding duties today and he gets to concentrate on hitting. Want to know the count on that taken pitch. The next one is skied down the first baseline, hooking foul before it gets to Penske's pole. The next pitch on the way is low and outside, two and one. The next pitch for Miavaldi, inside taken, three and one the count. He can't be trying to purposely pitch around Abreu as Juan Moncada's on deck and has raised that average after an 0 for 15 start, the 292. He's been on a tear for the last three games, including today. Three and one pitch with two outs on the top of the fifth to Abreu. And that is inside curveball taken for a strike and the count goes full. As Eovaldi has 70 pitches through this point at four and two thirds innings pitched officially in the scorebook. Three, two count, two outs, top of the fifth. White Sox lead four to two. The pitch swung on and fouled down the first baseline. They'll reset with the full count. The pitch on the way. And that one is lifted into left field, trailing back towards the wall. And that is over the wall. Over the wall. It looked like it was going to hit the top of the monster and instead clears by a few inches. Abreu with a solo shot that hung up there. 369 feet is all he hits it to get it out. It had an exit velocity of 96 miles per hour. It was a fly ball that hung with a big arc and looked like it was going to come down and hit the wall. In fact, the left fielder preparing himself for that ball to fall down. It was also curving foul as it came down. It lands right at the edge of the green monster in those seats they've installed. About three feet in fair territory from the left field foul pole and the White Sox lead five to two as Mancata takes his first offering in his third at bat against Ivaldi for ball one. He swings on the next one, one and one the count. Mancata was two for three with a double yesterday in Cleveland. He's two for two today. And like I said, after an 0 for 15 start, he's just a hair underneath a 300 average. As everything seems to have gotten better for Yuan Mancata. Two and one the count. And this one is out to left. It'll be an easy catch. And an easy play. Mancata goes down. But Abreu takes it deep on an unassuming fly ball over the monster that wouldn't be out in any other ballpark. And the Sox lead midway through the fifth, 5-2. to two. In the bottom of the fifth inning, Dallas Keuchel has pretty much gone pitch for pitch with Nathan Eovaldi. The only difference is he's only given up two runs, and Eovaldi has given up five coming off of two home runs and a little bit of hitting. But there was a three-run home run earlier by Encarnacion. There was an RBI from Mancada on a double down the line. And there was a solo shot last inning from Abreu as J.D. Martinez is 2-0 already against Keuchel and then fouls off the next pitch, an 86-mile-an-hour cut fastball on the outside corner for the first strike, 2-1 the count. Keuchel delivers. Inside taken, close pitch, 3-1 with Xander Bogarts on deck and J.D. Martinez at the plate. And the Sox holding on to a three-run lead here in the fifth inning. During Boston's home opener, next pitch took something off it, swung through it, three and two the count. As Keuchel stands out there, 
trying to show why the White Sox went out and acquired him in free agency because this is the kind of game that a good starting pitcher at the top of the rotation can hold on to as this one is belted deep towards the monster. It is back and it is gone. 434 feet for J.D. Martinez on a solo shot. That is his fourth home run of the season. The Red Sox get the home run by Abreu right back here with their first batter in the bottom of the fifth inning. Keuchel has given up three now as he sits here with 75 pitches in the fifth and no outs after giving up that solo shot to Martinez. And the Red Sox refuse to go away here with a packed stadium and a carnival-like atmosphere for their home opener. Xander Bogart steps in one for two against Keuchel in the pitch. And that's outside taken for ball one. Keuchel has not looked bad. I think that's why we don't see the bullpen working right now. If he gets out of this inning, he has yet another quality start that would give him two and two attempts on this season. He went six in his first game. He's trying. Actually, check that. He'd have to get through this inning, and he'd have to get through the next inning. I don't know if that's going to happen today. He's one and one right now to Bogarts. As this one is fly towards the right center field gap, Mazzara gets over and makes the play. Well short of the warning track. Probably hit that one about 380 feet. But since it was to right field instead of left, it's a fly out instead of a home run. Rafael Devers steps in one for two with one out in the bottom of the fifth and his team trailing five to three. He scored four runs in the last six games for the Red Sox and is 1-0 against Keuchel as the second pitch is on the way. High taken, ball two, 2-0 the count. The pitch from Keuchel. Inside, called strike on a slider. Right on the corner, 2-1 the count. Keuchel painted the corner there after McCann called for it and came through. The pitch. That is fouled off down the first baseline. The shadow now is, I would say, about three, four feet in front of the dirt on the mound as it gets closer to the pitcher. So batters are seeing something shiny that changes colors almost immediately after it comes out of the pitcher's hand. But even with the shadows changing constantly, offense has still been happening in this game on both sides. 3-2 pitch, and that one's going to fall in fair down the third base line and rattle around the corner as there was a shift down in the outfield, and it makes Leary Garcia come way over. He does a very good job of making sure he gets it in, but it's going to be a double. Second double of the season for Devers. And for the first time in a while, the tying run will come to the plate here against Dallas Keuchel as a runner stands on second base with one out here in the bottom of the fifth inning. And Kevin Pillar is up to the plate. And the White Sox, they want to come out to the mound here and have a talk. As there is a buzz, Don Cooper wants to talk to Dallas Keuchel. Meanwhile, the bullpen is warming. Ciszek and Fry warming in the bullpen right now for the White Sox. As the first pitch is a changeup, swung on and missed by Kevin Pillar, 0-1 the count. They don't want to go to Fry or Ciszek, but the White Sox don't want to give up this game either. They got a day off tomorrow. You can use the bullpen. And they've done a good job over the last couple of games of not spending anybody. So even though you'd like to see Keiko go deep as he throws this as a changeup outside, swung on for strike two, and he's changed his approach, two straight changeups after not even using that pitch really much in this game. You don't want to have to pull your number two starter in your rotation this early, but you have a lead and you don't want to give it up as this one is popped down the first baseline. Encarnacion is going to get over and get it before it gets to the Red Sox dugout. Two outs here 
in the bottom of the fifth inning. The runner holding over at second base. And Christian Vasquez comes up one for two with a single and an RBI. He's only four for 26, though, on the season. Dallas Keuchel has 87 pitches here with two outs in the bottom of the fifth inning. As this one is lifted out to left field, hopefully it does not reach the monster. Garcia backed up against it, jumps up and cannot make the play. He thought he could climb the monster and catch that. He could not. The ball bounces over his head and Angle grabs it and throws it in. The runner will score from second base. Garcia tried to save the run, leapt as high as he could. It hit the tip of his glove and came down. Angle did a good job backing him up, so right after it hit the ground, he got it in. But you could not stop the runner from scoring. The tying run now sits on second base as Michael Chavis comes up. Keuchel delivers a pitch to him. Owen won the count. They're still warming in the bullpen. But Keiko will at least have to face Chavis here as the fans are on their feet, as the Red Sox have clawed their way back in, and it's 5-4. This one is chopped foul, quickly 0-2. Chavis was 3-4 in his last game and has been starting to find his hit stroke. The pitch from Keiko outside, ball one, one and two to count, with two outs in the bottom of the fifth, and the Sox clinging to a one-run lead with a runner on second base. And Dallas Keuchel trying to get through this inning. That pitch is chopped foul down the first base line and will reset one and two. Keuchel with 23 pitches this inning and only eight of them thrown for a ball. The pitch, outside, ball two. He has been aggressive, he's gone after hitters, he's just not gotten the results he needed. And that monster has played well for the Red Sox in this game. 2-2 to count the pitch, high taken, ball three. Mitch Moreland is on deck with a 3-2 count. Dallas Keuchel may be facing his last batter no matter what happens here. Full count, two outs, bottom of the fifth, 5-4 Sox, the pitch. And that one is up the middle for a base hit. Engel runs in and gets the ball in quickly. Will there be a play at the plate? He is safe under the tag, and this game is tied. Coming around from second base, the runner is safe, and the game is tied. And that's going to be it for Dallas Keuchel. They're coming out to get him. He's disgusted. You know, he struggled a little bit. There were a lot of guys in scoring position, but he kept getting out of it today. He battled, but he cannot get through the fifth inning. Jace Fry's going to come in to face Mitch Moreland with two outs here and a runner on first base. He's got three appearances, two and one-thirds innings, four strikeouts, no walks. He's got a 1-0 record, and he has not let a run cross that has been charged to him. James McCann stands out there with Ricky Renteria and talks to the young man. And because Moreland is a lefty, they're going to bring in the lefty Fry because he only has to finish the inning. And so he can take on the loogie roll right here as he throws a low-cut fastball for strike one in a 5-5 tie here in Boston. Sox were in control of this game. And the wheels came off here in the fifth. Three runs crossing the plate so far here for the Red Sox. A quick home run by Martinez. Got him within two before anybody was out in the inning. Keiko battled, but it happened very quickly, and that green monster was in play. Sacks doing their best out there. Leary Garcia gave himself up, basically, against that wall, trying to make that play. He could not come down with the ball to get him out of the inning. One and two the count right now. Fry stares in at Moreland, the pitch on the way, and he pops him back over the netting out of play. Runner on first, Fry at the mound, Moreland at the plate, the pitch. Outside called a ball, two and two the count. 
Top of the order up next for Fry. He would have to face at least three batters here. So he wants Moreland. That one is outside for ball three. Full count with Jose Peraza on deck. Fry wants this batter. That's what he's in there for. Otherwise, he has to stay in for two more. The pitcher sets and delivers. Fouled off down the third base line. Seven pitch at bat so far for Moreland. Pitch number eight on the way from Fry with a full count. And that one is lifted out in the right field. Mazzara comes over to make the play. He will make it easily. And the White Sox are out of the inning, but not before the Red Sox get three runs here in the bottom of the fifth and tie it up. Five on seven for the White Sox. Five on 12 for the Red Sox. We go to the top of the sixth inning. All tied up at five. And Marcus Walden is going to come in here for the Boston Red Sox. Next half inning, we're going to talk with Don Paul again, who's joining us all weekend long here on Sox in the Basement for these simulated games. Edwin Encarnacion will lead it off for the White Sox. He has a home run, a three-run home run in the third inning. But all that offense has just gotten the White Sox to a tie game here in the top of the sixth. Outside, cut fastball, ball one. Encarnacion with over 1,800 hits in his career. He's quickly 2-0. Marcus Walden throwing to him now here in the top of the sixth. Both starting pitchers are gone. Neither one with a quality start. Both of them leave their teams in a 5-5 tie. This one's fouled off, 2-1 the count. The next pitch on the way. This one is up the middle, snagged on a great diving play in the air. Had base hit written all over it, but instead, Encarnacion is on his way back out to the dugout. And there's already one out here in the top of the sixth. First pitch of McCann, call the ball. 1-0 the count. Swings at an outside cut fastball for strike one. 1-1 one one the count. Walden, the righty, delivers. This one is tipped for strike two. 1-2 two the count. Next pitch. Swung on and missed. He kept going right at the outside corner of the plate. And it was as if McCann was too far back in the batter's box and couldn't reach it. Once he realized he couldn't reach that pitch, he just kept throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. And James McCann goes down swinging for the second out of the inning. Nomar Mazzaro steps in 0 for 2. Walden with the pitch. Slider low, 86 miles an hour. 1-0 the count. Mazzaro's 4 for 24 in the season. That's 167. He had looked solid early on, but he's been having his struggles. This one is swung on and missed on the low fastball. 0 for 3 with a walk in the last game. He's played pretty good defense. The White Sox think they've got something here they can work on with this young man and turn him into a better hitter than he's been for the first few years of his career. Four years to be exact with the Texas Rangers after they acquired him in a trade in the offseason. Two and two the count now. Walden facing Mazzaro with two outs in the top of the sixth. In a tie ball game, the pitch on the way. This one's lifted down the right field line. It will curve foul maybe 10 feet before the foul pole. The veterans here in the stadium did not react. The young ones thought they might get out. That one's fouled off, two and two the count, top of the sixth here with two outs, the next pitch on the way. Chop foul down the third base line. The pitcher is almost completely in the shadows now with it about a foot in front of the rubber. As that is a slider low with Danny Mendick on deck, three and two the count. Sacks resting some players and got out with a a big lead here in this game. Not huge, but three runs. Now they need these guys to hit again as Mazzara swings and misses for strike three. Midway through the sixth, 5-5. Five, five. Sox all tied up. Don Paul joins me here to talk a little bit as Steve Ciszek comes into the game. Three games 
three and a third innings pitch, five strikeouts, two walks, no runs charged to him yet. He's been a revelation coming out of the bullpen early. And, Don, we've had some good pitching so far by the White Sox out of the bullpen. Some guys, though, working on some things. As this one is skied over to Mendick at second base for the first out of the inning on a soft fly ball. Verdugo steps in against Cizek. As this one's inside taken for a ball, 1-0. How do you work through the pressure when you're on the mound? How do you... How do you deal with when you got to get things right? Is it easier to get right when you're on the road if you've been struggling? As this one drops in for a base hit in left field, runner on first with one out, and J.D. Martinez coming to the plate. Yeah, just business as usual. It's, if you go away from your game plan and now all of a sudden you're you're you know not pitching to your strengths and you're pitching to your second or third strength instead of your main strength, you're gonna get into more trouble, more trouble for sure. And Pitch your game, pitch your even you know depending on the hitter. You, you don't. I don't think you need to adjust too much to what the hitter is doing up there. You, you have to adjust a little bit to them, but you still have to keep in mind what your strengths are and not necessarily going to, your, to more of your weakness because you think uh, you might be better off that way. I don't, I don't agree with that one. Don, I'm gonna interrupt you as this one goes off the monster. Angle gets the ball in quickly, first and third, and I'm gonna leave you right now because this game is just too exciting. And I want to be able to describe it to everybody. Don, Paul, I appreciate you checking in with us during this game. Hopefully the White Sox can pull it out. They're in trouble right now. We will talk to you on Saturday during our next simulated broadcast. Shishek has one out here in the bottom of the sixth. Martinez just hit a single off the monster to advance the runner from first to third. It's a tie game 5-5. The first pitch is ball one to Xander Bogarts. And monster has been used a lot by Red Sox hitters. That one swung on and missed, one and one the count. Ciszek has been really good out of the bullpen, a lot of motion on his pitches. Everybody's in the shadows now, so they're all seeing the same thing. And the Red Sox trying to come alive here and take the lead for the first time all game. This one is grounded the second. Taylor made double play to Anderson, over to Encarnacion, who scoops it from the dirt. And the White Sox escape with a double play. Ciszek skipping and pumping his fist off the mound as we go to the seventh inning. Danny Mendick comes to the plate in a 5-5 tie. 0 for 2 in today's game and 0 for the season. He takes a slider inside for ball one after the White Sox escape in the sixth inning and this game continues to be tied. Meanwhile, Kelvin Herrera, who has been terrible early on in this season, and cannot get through an inning without giving up a run. And Jimmy Cordero, who has been masterful, are both warming up in the bullpen. Ricky Renteria trying to make a guess as to what he's going to do here with a day off tomorrow. 2-0 the count to Mendick, and Walden, in for a second inning of pitching, throws ball three inside. So a hitter's count for Mendick. Let's see if he gets the green light with Engel on deck, the pitch on the way. He takes an outside low-cut fastball that I don't think I would have reached for on a 3-0 count. That was not a get-me-over by any stretch of the imagination. 3-1 the count here on the top of the 7th with the score tied at 5. The next one probably would have been ball 4, but is fouled off, and he's full. Mendick looking for his first hit of the season, and he swings through a 91-mile-an-hour cut fastball, lower part of the zone. He's angry with himself as he goes back to the dugout, and that's a strikeout in the first out here in the top of the 7th inning for the White Sox. Ugly swing. He actually shuffled his feet in the middle of the swing like he was totally confused. 
You can't do that. Not here at the major league level. Adam Engel takes a low pitch for a strike. He's 0 for 2 today with a strikeout and a ground out. He's 0-1 right now here with one out in the top of the seventh inning with Marcus Walden trying to pitch a second inning here for the Red Sox. That pitch is outside for strike two. And that is ground, grounded short in front of the pitcher. Confusion between the pitcher and the catcher. Nobody picked up the ball. And Engel beats it out down the first base line. So Engel with his speed on first base, and Timmy Anderson comes to the plate and takes the first pitch high for a ball. 1-0, 0-3 in this game. Still trying to get his first hit of the game with a six-game hit streak. And the pitch on the way, Engel goes. This one is taken for a strike. He's in the second base, and no, he's tagged out by the toes. The sack started off the season 8 for 8 with stolen bases. And now have gone 0 for their last three. Close play. He got him barely. Second out of the inning, and now this one's chopped the third. Devers across the field for the third out of the inning, and the sacks go down. And we go to the bottom of the seventh, all tied up at five. And Jimmy Cordero will pitch here for the White Sox, his fourth appearance of the season here in their seventh game. He's had four and a thirds innings pitched out of the bullpen and has done very well to date. His first pitch to Devers is fouled off down the first baseline. Devers is two for three today as this game is tied at five in the bottom of the seventh. Next pitch inside, ball one, one and one the count. The White Sox likely are trying to go a pitcher an inning here. And if they're doing that, that means Bummer, as this one is fouled off to the backstop, one and two the count. Bummer would have the eighth. Colome would have the ninth. And then you're looking at the likes of Kelvin Herrera and Evan Marshall and Carson Fulmer. This one's grounded to Mendick at second, flips to Encarnacion for out number one. Kevin Pillar comes to the plate now with one out here in the bottom of the seventh. Jimmy Cordero looks in, takes the sign from McCann and pitches an inside sinker. He does not get the call, stares in. Want to know the count. He painted that corner. It looked like a strike to me. White Sox got caught third straight, caught stealing after going eight for eight this season. They're now eight for 11 stealing bases. And it wasn't a slouch, it was Adam Engel. This one is flied out to Engel in center field, can of corn for out number two. And Cordero working quickly gets to Christian Vasquez, who's two for three with a double, a single, and two RBI in this game, yet hitting below the Mendoza line on the season with two outs at the bottom of the seventh and nobody on in a tie game. 99 mile an hour fastball down the middle is taken for strike one. The pitch outside, same speed, same pitch. Ball one, one and one. The pitch from Cordero. Chopped to Encarnacion who scoops it up and tags first. A quick inning for Cordero. Depending on what happens this inning, maybe he comes out for the next inning as well. After seven, tied at five. Leary Garcia playing left field today instead of second base. Steps up and takes the first one into the right center field gap. They're going to chase that one down for out number one. One pitch, one out here in the top of the eighth inning. Jose Abreu's three for three with a home run, two singles, and an RBI. The White Sox need something from him now because five runs is not going to be enough in this game. Marcus Walden remains on the mound for the Red Sox, starting his third inning. Meanwhile, Aaron Bummer warms up alone for the eighth inning, although as a lefty, he may not start because Cordero got through the inning so quickly 
We'll see what the Sacks do. This one is grounded. The third quick flip over the first. And the White Sacks have already lost two of their three outs here in the eighth inning. Two outs in the top of the eighth for Yohan Mankato, who's two for three. And a tie ball game. And Walden cruising right now for the Red Sox. Much better effort from this right-hander than his starting pitcher, Eovaldi, as the White Sox have had some trouble with him, and he's been able to work quickly. He throws a strike on a slider, 84 miles an hour outside portion of the plate. One and one the count. He has 34 pitches here through two and two-thirds innings. Efficiency out of the bullpen. The Red Sox are set up for a deep extra inning game right now because of Walden. White Sox want to just get this thing over a nine with a victory. This one's fouled off down third base. One and two the count. The next pitch to my the next pitch to Mancata. Outside ball two, two and two the count. Walden sets the pitch. Swung on and chopped the first. Unassisted. It will go to the first baseman. One, two, three, go to Sox. We go to the bottom of the eighth, tied up at five. This simulated White Sox season is brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park at 33rd and Princeton. When they reopen their doors, they will open those doors up and welcome you with open arms. But you want to take care of them now, go use Grubhub or go to CorkandCarryAtThePark.com and make them part of your regular rotation supporting local businesses. Cordero stays in, throws two of them on the corner, both for balls. They were questionable to Michael Chavis, but as Chavis is a righty, Cordero remains in here to start this inning. He throws three straight balls with Mitch Moreland, the lefty, on deck. Bummer likely to come in for Moreland. But they decided to let Cordero pitch to Chavis. Righty-righty matchup. He's 3-0 here in the bottom of the eighth inning in a tie game. Outside corner, 99 miles an hour. He's still bringing it. 3-1 the count. Cordero does not want to let him go here. The pitch. Outside fastball again in the zone, three and two the count. The count goes full for the first batter of the bottom of the eighth inning in a tie 5-5 game. Low pitch, he does not go for the sinker out of the zone. 90 feet down goes Chavis, and Cordero walks him. And Aaron Bummer is going to come in. You can see Ricky Renteria heading to the mound right now. It made sense because you had to go to the bullpen so early. Maybe Cordero comes out and throws straight fire like he has before. He has gone into a second inning twice for the White Sox so far this season early on and done very well. But instead, Aaron Bummer will come out now with one on here and no outs in the eighth inning. Three appearances, three innings pitched. He doesn't let anybody go across home plate, at least to this point. A bunt is on, and it is bunted foul down the first baseline. Bummer resets. They're trying to advance the runner 90 feet here with the sack bunt. The pitch on the way. This one is chopped foul. Bummer does a good job attacking the bat of Moreland, who's now 0 for 2 and will likely swing away. The pitch from Bummer. Outside corner does not get the call. 1 and 2 the count here in the bottom of the eighth with no outs and a runner on first in a tie ball game. Opening day here for Boston, their home opener. For the White Sox, it's just the beginning of a weekend series. They've taken the first two series of the season. Outside pitch, ball 2, 2 and 2 the count. Bummer and the White Sox pitching right now with an electric crowd around them. Had the lead all game, but it's all tied up now. The pitch from Aaron Bummer, low pitch, cut fastball, ball three. So when Moreland was squaring the bunt, he threw him, and they were bunted foul. Then he throws three straight balls, comes back inside on Moreland, swinging strike, and he gets the first out. Aaron Bummer with the strikeout, and that runner does not advance. 
And that was everything that the Red Sox were trying to do is just get that runner 90 feet to second base on a sacrifice, and they couldn't do it. And now the top of the order with Jose Peraza against Aaron Bummer, who checks the runner at first and comes to the plate. This one is fouled off into the upper deck down the first base side. Peraza's one for four with a single and a run scored in this game and wants to make some contact to see if something can happen here in the bottom of the eighth for the Red Sox. Bummer delivers. This one's fouled off down the first base line. Quickly 0-2. Verdugo is on deck. And you know that young man wants to get off to a good start this season because he's the guy who replaces Mookie Betts, and that's impossible to do. That pitch is low for a ball, 1-2 to count. Very loud here inside of Fenway as the fans are trying to get their team going. Swung on and missed on a low-cut fastball, and Bummer sends his second batter down swinging. Two batters, two strikeouts for Aaron Bummer here in the eighth. With a runner on first who's still stranded on first, you want to keep him there and finish Verdugo off. Aaron Bummer, the lefty, gets Alex Verdugo, the lefty hitter. Inside cut fastball fouled off to the backstop for strike one. Verdugo's two for four with two singles in this game. He only had four hits coming into this game on the season. This is game number eight for Verdugo. Pitch number 12 for Bummer here. The pitch. This one is sent out down the line. Third base side goes foul into the stands. 0-2 count. The pitch from Bummer. Chopped the second base. Mendick bobbles the ball. Danny Mendick bobbles an easy ground out. It hit him in the glove and he dropped it. He's moving towards second base and he's already thinking about flipping the ball to second for the force. And he never gets the ball into his glove. The runner's on. And Bummer will have to face J.D. Martinez now with first and second. Martinez already with a home run today and a single. Along with the RBI, he got off of his home run. Two for four on the day. Bummer quickly has him 0-1 on that foul. And now throws a sinker outside the zone. One and one the count. First and second, two out, bottom of the eighth tie score. Aaron Bummer trying to overcome the error by Danny Mendick. Throws one by Martinez low on a sinker. One and two the count. He sets and delivers. This one is chopped to Moncada, who will flip it over to Mendick at second base. It goes five to four on the putout. The Sox get out of the inning. Still knotted up at five going into the ninth. Encarnacion will lead it off for the White Sox. Takes the first pitch outside for ball one. Alex Colome warms in the White Sox bullpen. I like the philosophy of get your best pitchers out there because you don't want to lose it in the ninth inning with your closers still sitting in the bullpen. This one is sky down the left field line, off the wall. It kind of gets stuck up there on the scoreboard before it falls down, but Encarnacion is no speed demon, and he will just hold it first with a base hit. Walden came out for his fourth inning, and this is a stretch here to have a relief pitcher in for this long. I know he's a long reliever. I know he's been cruising. But at this point, the White Sox are getting a second look at him through the lineup, and they lead it off with a single. McCann steps in, takes a cut fastball low for strike one. The last time that Walden faced him, he threw him low and outside, and McCann kept chasing. Hopefully James learns something from that at bat and can take advantage of a second time with Walden on the mound here, the reliever. This one's high and outside, one and one the count. You just feel like Walden is going to go for his knockout pitch with what he did to McCann the first time they saw each other. Encarnacion leads inside slider taken for strike two 
One and two to count, and the crowd's up on their feet here in Boston because here in Boston, they get up on their feet for everything. I've never seen a fan base that thinks they're the most important fan base like Red Sox fans. One and two the count. He went right outside on him with the slider, right on the outside portion of the plate, just like we said at the beginning of this at bat, and strikes out James McCann swinging at something he can't reach. He got him the same way both times. McCann learned nothing from his first at bat with Walden, obviously. He goes back to the dugout. And Nomar Mazara steps up to the plate 0 for 3 in this game with an Encarnacion at first base with one out here in the top of the ninth inning. Takes an outside pitch for a strike. 0 and 1 the count. He's 0 for 3 in this game with a strikeout in the sixth. You're looking for Mazara to do anything for you at this point. The show he has some life in him up there at the plate. This one is chopped foul and he's quickly 0 and 2 to Marcus Walden. The Iron Man out of the bullpen for the Boston Red Sox. The pitch on the way. This one is skied into short right center field. It'll be an easy catch at center for Pilar. Encarnacion remains at first base. And Danny Mendick comes to the plate 0 for 3. He almost blew it for the White Sox there. In the bottom of the eighth inning with that error. And luckily, Aaron Bummer was able to pitch his way out of it. This one is high for ball one, 1-0 one the count. Mendick is the eight hitter. He'll foul this one off, 1-1 one one the count. The Sox need a run here, or otherwise they're hoping for extras. And a tie game. As this one is lifted out to center field, and it's scooped in a basket catch. The Sox go down three straight after Encarnacion leads off with a single. We go to the bottom of the ninth, all tied up here in Boston. There is nothing worse in baseball than happy Red Sox fans. The most obnoxious fan base in baseball. They used to be the fan base that when I was younger you felt bad for. You thought the Yankees were obnoxious. And then you met Red Sox fans after they started winning championships. This one is a high cut fastball taken for strike one by Bogarts against Alex Colome who comes into the game for the bottom of the ninth for the White Sox in a tie game. The next pitch is ball one low. The sun has shifted, and now the shadow has moved back out in front of the mound. And this one is swung on and missed an 87-mile-an-hour changeup. One and two, the count. One and two. The pitch on the way to Bogart's outside corner. He takes it. Two and two, the count. Tie game, Colome trying to get the White Sox extra innings. High and inside pitch taken. Full count is Rafael Devers hitting 313 with four home runs so far on this season. Stands in the on-deck circle. Colome with the pitch to McCann. Inside cut fastball and he walked him. So Colome puts the first runner on here in the bottom of the ninth inning. As the most obnoxious fans in baseball are super excited here during their home opener. Rafael Devers comes up with a winning run standing at first base and a piece of lumber in his hands. Alex Colome looking to dash their dreams and get the White Sox to the 10th inning as this one is an outside changeup taken for a strike. Devers is 0 for 5 lifetime against Colome. Let's make that 0 for 6. The pitch, low in the dirt, blocked. 1-1 one one the count. Nothing going on in the White Sox bullpen. This is Colome's inning. The pitch on the way. Strike, cut fastball low. 1-2 the count. Colome to Devers. Low ball. 2-2 two two the count. Colome has a blown save, but also has pitched well in his other appearances. He throws a 90-mile-an-hour cut fastball in the lower 
outer portion of the plate for a swinging strike and sits Devers down for out number one here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Going through the meaty part of the order here in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on. Christian Vasquez is on deck. Kevin Pilar is up right now in the sixth spot. Colome delivers. Inside cut fastball taken for ball one. Pilar's got a double and a run. One for four though today with only three hits on the season. Colome should take it right to him here. Don't give him a chance to do anything. The runner holds it first, swings at a low outside cut fastball badly. One and one the count. Colome continues to check the runner, who is not a big stealing threat. This next pitch is fouled off down the first base line. The Red Sox tried to manufacture a run just an inning ago with an attempted bunt, but when they were in the middle of their order, they let their guy swing away. As Pilar swings away again and fouls this one off, one and two, one out, bomb in the ninth, tied to five. Runner on first, Colome delivers. Inside swing at a fastball on his hands. I don't know why he's yelling at the umpire. You swung at a pitch that was a foot inside and backed you off the plate. And he looks at the umpire like somehow it's his fault that he swung at it. Go back and sit down. Two outs now in this inning as Christian Velasquez comes to the plate two for four with a runner on first still with two outs here in the bottom of the ninth inning and Colome trying to get the White Sox to extras. Adam Engel is scheduled to lead off the 10th inning. But with a day off tomorrow, maybe somebody comes off the bench that didn't get the start today. Colome throws the next offering outside. One and one the count with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. The pitch. High cut fastball. Two and one taken. Red Sox fans egging Vasquez on. This one is chopped down the third base line. Two and two the count. Colome sets the pitch. Swung on and put down the first baseline foul. 2-2 count, the pitch. Swung on and missed an outside cut fastball. He sits him down and the White Sox are through the ninth. We're going to extras here in Fenway. Tied up at five between the White Sox and the Red Sox. Coming up to the batter's box right now, he had a day off, but they're going to give him a chance to swing. Aloy Jimenez will hit for Adam Engel to lead off this inning before we get to Tim Anderson. And the top of the order here on the top of the 10th inning. Walden remains in amazingly. He's going to have more innings pitched than the starter, Ivaldi, before this is all over. As the Red Sox just don't seem to want to use their bullpen with a day off tomorrow. It's incredible. The White Sox need to make them pay for this. As this one is fouled off down the third baseline. Owen won the count to Jimenez, who takes a 91-mile-an-hour cut fastball on the outside of the plate. One and one. Yes, his average is low, but his OBP and his OPS is very high. He has walked a lot, although he is 1-2 right now, as Kelvin Herrera and Evan Marshall warm up in the bullpen for the White Sox. One of them is going to come in and take over duties for a couple innings here in extras. The pitch from Walden, that is chopped foul down the first baseline. Jimenez hanging in there, leading off the top of the 10th inning with Anderson on deck. This one is foul down the first baseline. One and two the count, the pinch hitter, Aloy Jimenez. Chops this one towards second base. It's going to be a tough play. He turns, throws across his body from over by the bag and gets Jimenez for out number one. And Tim Anderson, 0 for 4, still has a chance to extend his six-game hitting streak that began on opening day as he bats here on the top of the 10th with one out and the pitch. And this one is belted down the line and it's going to get into the corner. Anderson moving quickly. It careens off the wall. He is in the second base easily, standing up. 
with a double here in the top of the 10th inning with one out. His hitting streak goes to seven games for last year's American League batting champion as he rips this one down the third baseline for the first solid hit the White Sox have had since about midway through this game in a 5-5 tie. And Leary Garcia comes to the plate. He's been hot hitting coming into this series, but he's 0-3 today. He takes a 90-mile-an-hour cut fastball on the outside portion of the plate for strike one. Last time out, he flew out in the eighth inning. He's got Anderson 180 feet away from taking the lead in this game. A 91-mile-an-hour cut fastball low taken for a ball, one and one the count. Walden's up to 58 pitches. He's clearly a long reliever that the Red Sox still trust up there. He's been dominant with White Sox hitters since he came in, and they're sticking with him here in the 10th inning. That one's a ball. Next pitch, high and outside ball three, a close one on the corner. On deck is Jose Abreu, the designated hitter, hitting 423 this season. Yuri Garcia, three and one up at the plate with Anderson dancing at second. This one's low and in the dirt for ball four. Garcia walks, and the Sox have runners on first and second here with one out, and Jose Abreu with Yoan Mancada on deck coming up. And if there was ever a moment for the White Sox to regain this lead, it's now. And that's why they're going to the bullpen. The Red Sox go out and get Darwinzon Hernandez, who has three appearances at this point in the season, two and a thirds innings pitched, four strikeouts and four walks, has given up some hits, but has no runs charged to him. These would not be charged to him either. It's clear he puts guys on base though, and he gives up hits. He is not a perfect man by any stretch of the imagination. And he's got a three for four hitting Jose Abreu in the middle of the White Sox lineup. Up right now with one out here in the top of the 10th. First and second, the pitch on the way. This one is chopped down the third baseline slowly. The only play is the first. They will get Abreu at first, but the runners will both advance 90 feet. And with two outs, runners on second and third as Abreu grounds out. 5-3 on the first pitch, and Yuan Moncada steps up on the right side of the plate for the first time all game against a left-handed pitcher, and Hernandez will try to sit him down. The pitch, high. Ball one on a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, and the bullpen for the Red Sox still going. They've got two other pitchers out there, but Hernandez needs to face two more batters before they can come in under the new rules. The pitch to Moncada, low taken for a ball, 2-0. and Edwin Encarnacion, who's had a pretty good game today, Stands in the on-deck circle. It's the heart of the White Sox lineup and their best chance, honestly, to take the lead in this game and give themselves a chance to win it. 2-0 the count. Two on, two out. The pitch. Swung on and belted into the gap. On his horse is Pilar. He will pull it in. The Red Sox get out of the inning. The White Sox miss a golden opportunity. Nice play out there in the outfield. So the Sox threaten but cannot get a run across here in the top of the 10th. We go to the bottom of the 10th inning, and Fenway is still tied at five. Kelvin Herrera will come into the game for the White Sox. He's pitched two innings, actually an inning and a third, and he has given up a run in both of his appearances. But as we go into extra innings here, you got Carson Fulmer, Kelvin Herrera, and an Evan Marshall that pitched two innings last night in Cleveland as your options now in the bullpen. And things get thin when you get to extras. First pitch to Chavis is a strike. Second pitch outside, ball, one and one the count. Sox had an opportunity, unable to come through last inning. That one's high for a ball, two and one the count. Leary Garcia moves over from left to center. Jimenez remains in the game in left field after pinch hitting last inning. That one's low and outside, three and one the count now to Chavis. 
the number eight hitter with Mitch Moreland on deck. Kelvin Herrera could have a quick trip down to the minors if he has a bad inning here. He's got the bottom of the lineup, and the White Sox need to have pitchers that are effective in situations like this. He walks Chavis, and that's not what you want. That's brutal. You're expecting a lot more from anybody who's a major league reliever. Herrera has struggled. Renteria has been reluctant to go to Fulmer, and like I said, with Marshall being used... And Keuchel coming out early in this game because he got into trouble and got himself up into the high 90s before he got through five innings. The White Sox are running out of options. He finally finds the plate. It's one and one the count to Mitch Moreland. Runner on first with no outs here in the bottom of the 10th inning. Herrera pitched in the other extra inning game that the White Sox had earlier on in the week on Monday against Cleveland and was unable to get through the inning he came in to pitch. Only getting one out before giving up the winning run to the Indians in walk-off fashion. He stands in here in the bottom of the 10th inning, 2-1 and one against Mitch Moreland, the 9-hitter, who fouls this one off and does him a favor down the third base line, 2-2. Two and two. You want to exude confidence with all of your players, but here's a guy who's been struggling. Outside slider, 3-2 and two the count. Full count, Herrera's got to come after Moreland. You don't want to put another guy on here with no outs. The pitch on the way. He fouls that down the third base line. Would have gone for a strike. It was a good pitch. Herrera's got to keep going after the batter. You'd rather him get a hit and let your defense try to make a play. This one is grounded to second. Easy double play ball. Mendick over the short. Anderson over to first. Four to six to three. They do Herrera a big favor. And the struggling reliever has two outs here now before he gets to Peraza, who sits at the top of the order for the Red Sox in this game and is one for five. But he gets him here in the bottom of the 10th with two outs and nobody on. Peraza sets the pitch on the way. That one's lifted out in the right field. Mazzaro will make an easy over-the-shoulder catch in a light jog. The Sox are out of the innings. After 10, we're still tied at 5. 25 hits between these two teams. It's going to break at some point. Into the top of the 11th inning, Edwin Encarnacion. We had a three-run home run, it seems like, ages ago in this game. Is two for four right now. Hernandez remains in for the Red Sox. And the first pitch by Encarnacion is lifted deep. This is going to go to the monster. He will catch it with his butt up against the green monster for out number one. He was out close to that center field line. So it was hit well. But unfortunately, the wall did not come into play as James McCann comes up. One for four has looked ugly in his last two at-bats. Outside fastball, the Red Sox have figured out what to throw to him. He fouls that one off. He's able to reach it for strike one. 0-1 the count. Hernandez delivers. This one is down the line, third base line. Hard hit, but foul. And he's quickly 0-2. The pitch from Hernandez. He swings at an inside slider and sends that down the third base line. Probably would have been ball one, but he's protecting at this point. Still 0-2 the count here with one out in the top of the 11th in a tie game. Takes the exact same pitch this time for ball one, one and two the count. Hernandez looks in the pitch. McCann puts this one out in a short center field. Can of corn for out number two. Buckle up, folks. Who knows how long this one will go. We try to bring you 90-minute games or less here on these Sox in the Basement simulated season broadcasts that are then recapped by SoxOn35th.com. But if you've gotten this far, you might as well hang in there. Inside pitch to Mazzara for strike one with two outs here in the top of the 11th inning. And don't be tempted to look at how much time is left on your player. You don't want to give it away. This one is fouled on the first baseline. I keep thinking about that when we're recording these. 
Like, is somebody going to look and say, well, there's only three minutes left, the Sacks must blow it. But it could also be there's three minutes left because the Sacks actually win it. It could be that it looks like there's a lot more time left because I talk a lot in the postgame. So stick with us, inside pitch, one and two. Next pitch is outside, two and two, the count to Mazzara from Hernandez with two outs here in the top of the 11th. This is all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park. Order your food on their website, corkandcarryatthepark.com, or on Grubhub. Inside pitch ball three. Three and two to count with Danny Mendick on deck. But then luckily, the nine hitter right now is Aloya Menez because he came in to pinch hit just an inning ago. So the Sox will get back to their really good hitters very soon, but that doesn't mean Mazzara and Mendick can't do something now. Eh, maybe it does. Mazzara swings and misses on a slider outer portion of the plate. That ends the 11th for the Sox. We go to the bottom of the 11th. All tied up at five here in Boston. Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts will be up. You're listening to a White Sox simulated season. And this is game seven of the season. The first of the three games set in Boston. As Kelvin Herrera will come out for a second inning of relief here in the bottom of the 11th. He's got 13 pitches under his belt. And he pitches number 14 to Alex Verdugo inside changeup for ball one. Verdugo is three for five. He's having his best game so far of the season. As the Red Sox try to complete the comeback, they were able to tie it up on the White Sox in the fifth inning at 5-all. And since the fifth inning, nobody has scored for either side. 5-5 in the fifth, and now 5-5 in the 11th. 2-0 pitch, swung on and missed. 2-1 the count, he chased one on the outside portion of the plate. Herrera's got to have gut check time and prove he's a major league pitcher once again. This one is low and outside, caught the corner for strike two. He had a rough year last year, but it wasn't like he was a bad pitcher his whole career. He just had an off year last year. And he's got to get the demons out of his head. Maybe this is the environment for it, as this one is high and inside and fouled off. Two and two the count. He won't be in the majors for long if he can't figure out what made him good in the previous seasons before 2019. This one is outside, three and two the count now. Herrera to Verdugo with J.D. Martinez on deck. Remember, each and every game is available everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. Herrera sets the pitch. Inside swung on, 97-mile-an-hour fastball on the knees. And he put it right on his knees. I'm not talking like at knee level. He put it at his knees. Verdugo swings at something way too inside. A dangerous pitch, but McCann called for it. And they took the chance, and they got Verdugo swinging. One out here in the bottom of the 11th for J.D. Martinez. Righty versus righty. And the first pitch is just high. Cut fastball, 92 miles an hour for ball one. Martinez is two for five with a home run, a single. He's got the RBI off that home run. And he's got one out here and nobody on in the bottom of the 11th. Outside pitch, ball two. Just missed on that one. Herrera has looked actually sharp. Once he got that double play, he has come with a determination as this one comes inside and misses 3-0. But at any moment... The wheels could fall off with this man as he has been an up-and-down pitcher since last season. 3-0 pitch. Strike on the outside corner, a changeup. 3-1 the count to J.D. Martinez. They'll reset for the 25th pitch by Herrera in this game. And that is popped into right field, curving towards the pole. It might clear the wall. Mazzara catches it near the foul pole in... I mean, he's like two feet from the foul line, two feet from the wall on the warning track. That almost got curved around that right field pole, which is something the Red Sox are famous for doing in this ballpark. But Martinez goes down on a long flyout. Two outs here in the bottom of the 11. Xander Bogarts takes the first pitch low for ball one. He's two for five in his lifetime against Kelvin Herrera. The pitch on the way. 
Inside pitch on the corner, doesn't get the call, 2-0. Likely, the White Sox go with Evan Marshall or Carson Fulmer in the next inning, and that's a strike on a cut fastball. And part of me thinks it might be Fulmer, unless the Sox have the lead. The pitch. And that is skied out in the left field. Jimenez on his horse, it goes over his head and bounces off the wall. Garcia comes over and gets it and throws it in the second. The runner is safe underneath the tag. And with two outs, Xander Bogarts hits a double over the outstretched glove of Aloy Jimenez as he runs back to the wall. It goes off the monster. Leary Garcia makes a heads-up play to get it in the second, almost gets the runner. But the winning run is on second with two outs in the bottom of the 11th, and Rafael Devers, two for five in the game, comes up. Hernandez with the pitch, outside, ball one. From six on down in the order, the Red Sox have not been hitting extremely well, although they have a few hits in this game. Devers is far more dangerous than the guy on deck. The pitch, and it's an outside change, ball two. But remember, the White Sox loaded the bases up for Herrera just to get to a guy, and he gave up a hit right away in the last extra inning game, so they're not going to do it here. This one is skied to left. Underneath it is Jimenez. He makes the catch, and Herrera has pitched two scoreless in extras. And we will go to the top of the 12th inning, still tied at five here in Boston. Matt Barnes will come in. Eventually, everybody's going to pitch. I might start warming up in a second for the White Sox as we sit in the top of the 12th. The only two pitchers left in the bullpen for the Sox, Carson Fulmer and Evan Marshall, warming up. Matt Barnes is in, and he throws strike one to Danny Mendick, who's 0 for 4, with Aloy Jimenez on deck. And it'd be nice to see Mendick get on base. Renteria giving him an opportunity to play this entire game. He swings at an outside fastball for strike two. He's quickly 0-2 on a 99-mile-an-hour pitch from Barnes. The Red Sox have the advantage that they had a long reliever that was able to hang in there for a long time in this game. The White Sox went the route of giving an inning or two to each pitcher in their bullpen, and now on a ground ball to third thrown over to first, there's one out in the top of the 12th. And like I said, you have Fulmer and Marshall, the last two pitchers for them, warming up out in the bullpen. If the Sox get the lead, it'll be Marshall. If not, it'll be Fulmer, and Fulmer will sit in there, likely for a good portion in long relief. As Jimenez swings at a low inside pitch for strike one. He came in a few innings ago as a pinch hitter for Adam Engel. Stays in in left field as Garcia moved over to center. He's sitting in the ninth spot, which means Anderson is up after him with one out here and an 0-1 count. Outside pitch, ball one, one and one the count. Jimenez only has four hits on the season. All four of them are home runs. He does have a handful of walks as well. So he does reach base, but unless he's hitting it out, he has looked ugly at the plate as he swings and misses that one, one and two. The pitch on the way, swings and misses that one as well. And Aloy Jimenez, there's a reason he had the day off today. Renteria looked for the spark by bringing him in when he did. But he looked ugly in that at bat. And he's 0 for 2 on what would have been a day off for him. But we're in the top of the 12 with a day off tomorrow for everybody. And Tim Anderson steps in 1 for 5. He extended the hit streak in his last at bat back in the 10th inning. He tries to hit another one now. Outside curveball, 1-0. It'd be nice to see Anderson get a hold of his first home run of the year. He does have power. You're rooting for that right now. This one is driven deep in the center field. Center fielder back to the track, and he catches that one at about 375 feet deep with 379 at the wall. Going to the bottom of the 12, still tied. And the White Sox have had the resort to Carson Fulmer for his first appearance of the season. It took them till Game 7 to go to him. 
20 games last year. He had a 6.26 earned run average. He was out of options. And the White Sox put him on the Major League roster here to start the season. So this is it for Carson Fulmer and the Chicago White Sox. If this young man does not figure it out now, his career with the White Sox will end with him being DFA'd. And hopefully he understands that seriousness as he stands in here against the number six hitter in the Red Sox lineup, Kevin Pillar, in the bottom of the 12th. And 2-1 and one the count after an inside ball called. Fulmer resets, and the pitch on the way. Low pitch, ball three, three and one the count with Christian Vasquez on deck. Bottom of the 12th inning. The Sox had the lead in this game right off the bat with one run in the first inning. As this one is put into the left center field gap. A diving attempt by Garcia goes off his glove. The runner coming into second base standing. And Fulmer gives up a double right away to Kevin Pillar. And the Sox did everything they could in this game to put their best pitchers out there to give them a win with a day off tomorrow. And they scored five runs offensively. At this point, you got to hold on tight and hope that a Carson Fulmer figures it out at this very moment. Christian Vasquez is up. The runner's on second. There's no outs. 1-0 the count here in Boston as they quiet down like they're watching the Masters. And that one is low. Called ball two. This Fenway Park crowd has been raucous, but now, seemingly in anticipation of something happening, have gotten very quiet as if they are waiting to explode. Three straight balls to Vasquez. 3-0 the count with Michael Chavis on deck. And Fulmer trying to get it together here in the bottom of the 12th inning. The pitch on the way. Strike. 3-1 the count. Fulmer sets. Looks in. The pitch. And that one is sky down the third baseline, hooking foul. And the count is full. The pitch from Fulmer. Swung on and fouled down the first baseline. Full count. Fulmer to Vasquez. This one is down the first baseline. It's hooking towards the foul territory, and it does just get foul. And they'll reset again here in the bottom of the 12th. Tie score. The pitch. Fouled off down the first baseline again. Long at bat here for Vasquez. Fulmer battling as well. It was a 3-0 count. He got it to full. Now a lot of foul balls. Here's another one down the first baseline. The pitch. Low pitch at the knees. Call the ball. Vasquez goes down the first base. But he doesn't matter. It's that runner on second. If anything, he sets up the possibility of a double play as Michael Chavis comes in, hitting two for three in this game with a couple of walks. And Carson Fulmer with no outs and two on here in the bottom of the 12th. Sets and delivers the bunt attempt shown, but it's thrown high for ball one. They're going to try to successfully bunt him over. The White Sox, anticipating it, have adjusted defensively. The 1-0 pitch on the way, he squares again. This one is popped up, back to the backstop. No chance for McCann to get back there, 1-1 one one the count. Red Sox attempted a sacrifice bunt earlier and were unable to pull it off. They're trying it again here. That one's taken. He pulled back, 2-1 the count. Fulmer can't stress too much about the bunt because he's going to end up walking him, and you can't do that. Put it in a spot in the strike zone. You think he might not be able to get down the bunt. He swings through that time, and it's a swinging strike, 2-2 two two the count, so the bunt signal is taken off. Now 2-2, two and two, Fulmer comes back at him. Check swing on the inside corner. He did not go. 3-2, and two, the count goes full here with no outs in the bottom of the 12th and a 5-5 tie. Person Fulmer facing the third batter of this inning is yet to get an out. And he doesn't get the out here as he throws this one inside, knocking Chavis off the plate. He had to dive out of the way. 
and the bases are loaded with no outs in the 12th inning. Carson Fulmer not getting the job done here. And you understand the reason why organizations will say, we're going to take this guy with us out of spring training because we drafted him and we're invested in him. But when he's run out of options, because with every attempt in the major leagues, it doesn't work out, this is what you get. When there might have been a relief pitcher down there in spring training that could have gotten you to the point where the White Sox could have come back and won this game. Now you need a miracle with the bases loaded and Mitch Moreland up. One for five. Here in the bottom of the 12th, and he's 2-0 and oh already. Will Fulmer walk in the run? Carson Fulmer has thrown 23 pitches. He's 2-0 and oh to the number nine hitter with the bases loaded. The pitch. And that one is out to left field. I think it's going to drop in. It does. And the Red Sox walk it off on a weak base hit in the left from the number nine hitter, Moreland. Carson Fulmer comes in, and he proves everybody who said he shouldn't have made the roster, he proved them right right there. The White Sox fought today, but as we said before, nobody scored any runs after the fifth inning. They had the lead in this game at one point, 5-2. Keiko gives it up. The relief pitchers on the White Sox do their best to keep the Sox in there, but at no point could the White Sox scratch across a run, and eventually the home team wins during their home opener. The Sox dropped to 4-3. and three. The Red Sox are 5-3 and three now. We have a day off tomorrow on Friday, and we will be back Saturday for more White Sox simulated baseball. Two extra inning affairs have ended in losses for the Sox. Take out the extra inning games, and they're almost undefeated. They got to figure that out. J.D. Martinez is your player of the game for the Red Sox today. Matt Barnes gets the win. The loss goes to Carson Fulmer. Barnes with his first win of the season. He's 1-0. Fulmer is now 0-1 with an astronomical infinity earned run average as he recorded no outs and gave up a run. The recap will be on SoxIn35th.com. Check out regular White Sox podcasts from Sox in the Basement along with these games. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. And our thanks to Family Waterproofing Solutions and Cork and Carry at the Park. We will see you on Saturday. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.